and welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor. I'm the branch librarian at the Oakland Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, my name is Tori Swillam. Um, I'm a program manager with Best Buddies Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Um, I work directly with the Rhode Island schools um, with their friendship programs. My pronouns are she, her. I am Patrick Shaughnessy. I am the state director for Best Buddies uh, here in Rhode Island, as well as Massachusetts. What that means is basically all of our programs sort of ultimately run up to me, um, as well as uh, raising all the money to fund them here in both states. So <laughs> um, my pronouns are he him. All right. Thank you both for joining us. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about Best Buddies and the work that your organization does to help young people and adults with intellectual disabilities make friends and connections and workplace skills. So we'll get all into that a little bit later in the show, but let's start out as we always do with what have you been reading? So I don't have anything specific that I've been reading recently. Definitely looking to get into some more series. Um, But as far as like interests go, I love books that um, are like dystopian um, or really anything to do with, I'm a dancer. So anything to do with like dance history um, or any of that good stuff. Do you want some recommendations? Because dystopian is my wheelhouse too. <laughs> oh, I will absolutely take some recommendations. Um, so in terms of a series, this is an older one. So it's possible maybe you've already heard of it. But anyone who likes dystopian novels, I tell them about the books that literally got me into reading. Because it wasn't until I figured out that books could be about like cool alternate. Well, not cool. Sometimes that's why they're dystopian. But yeah, sometimes scary, but interesting, possible futures, um, sci-fi and things like that. I really wasn't interested in reading. So the series that got me into reading um, is the Uglies trilogy by Scott Westerfield. Technically not a trilogy anymore because he went ahead and wrote one extra book in like kind of that timeline. Mm -hmm. And he wrote another trilogy following up. So there's lots of stuff there for you. I haven't read the newest trilogy. It's been on my to read list for a while, but the original three like OG books and the one extra one that he wrote a little while after um, were great uh, and really makes you think about society in terms of like beauty standards, how we other people based on their appearance Mm. and kind of just like human nature in general and whether it's a good or a bad thing for our continued existence. So that series is uh, a lot of fun. Uh, And then also one that's a little bit more recent is uh, Girls with Sharp Sticks. Uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but the setting is kind of a girl, all girls school. Um, You quickly realize that there is something quite amiss with this school. Um, And so that one kind of like freaked me out. So if you're if you're like like something that's like a little bit on the edge dystopian where you're like, wow, this is a little bit messed up, um, (laughs) then you will enjoy that. But if. Um, if you are sensitive to like physical and verbal abuse of other people, content warning for that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I still enjoyed it. It still made me think and was very interesting. So those were both good reads. So Patrick, have you been reading anything interesting lately? So I was going to say a couple things. First off, my um, favorite book of all time is uh, Shackleton's book, um, Endurance or the story of Shackleton, I guess it's not his book maybe, but, um, of his like famous trip, uh, 
trying to, to navigate Antarctica. Um, it's a, I, I, I guess it hits me because it's like this ultra um, survival story. And if you haven't read it, it's like from one thing to the next, like basically their ship gets crushed by, by icebergs and they survive for two years and not one person died in his entire expedition. Um, they eat seals and, and build a, a vessel to sail back to, uh, I think it's Georgia, the Georgian islands or something like that. But anyway, he, um, and then they have to hike like 20 something miles to like then get back. Nobody recognized them. Everybody thought they were dead and they made it back. So it's just like a wild survival story that I've reread over the years. Um, it's really amazing that like, given those circumstances that like everyone survived. Yeah. Like beyond recognition, especially with, you know, I feel like today's technology, somebody would, would have a locator and somebody would fly out and get them. And back then, that, of course, wasn't the case. So um, so that's probably my favorite book. I'll bring up one other one that I, I, I read it about five years ago and I've kind of like reread it recently. But um, it's called The Work. Um, so Wes Moore was just elected governor of Maryland. Um, and he just has this like incredibly cool story of... Um, being in the military, being in the, he had sort of a rough upbringing, be, going, I think he was a Rhodes Scholar, um, went to Wall Street and, and just kind of like had all these accolades, he could could have made millions, you know, and just said, no, I'm going to go like start a nonprofit and, you know, benefit um, people in the situation that he grew up in. And, and he did that. Um, I'm blanking on the name of his nonprofit, but um, come around a few years later and here he is just elected governor of, of Maryland. Um, it's actually, I read it before I decided to take my role at Best Buddies and it kind of convinced me to do it. So mm-hmm. just a, uh, a bit of a, a cool, a cool book for me. Yeah, it does sound really interesting that, you know, someone who, like you said, was on Wall Street could have, could have had it all, you know, had this real success, but decided to really go back and, and do work that um, would benefit other people and then go into public service. Um, I mean, I don't know because I didn't read the book, but see, hopefully for the right reasons, you know, someone who's kind of motivated to go into public service yeah. to actually help people versus, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on anyone's reasons for going into <laughs> political office or public service in any way, but. Yeah, no, I think he really thought he could make a, an impact. Most of his decisions were, I think, how could how to make the biggest impact. I'm sure that's what he thought about when deciding to run for office. Um, so I just, uh, while we're still on the conversation of books, I just started a book called uh, From Dust of Flame, um, which is a YA. Um, it was labeled fantasy when I was looking at stuff about it before starting reading it, but it seems like maybe it's one of those, and I'm not that far in, but kind of like, borders fantasy and magical realism because as of right now it seems like it's about a girl who's set in the modern you know modern day she's a teenage girl she's about to go into her senior year of college um and so far what i've gotten through which is still pretty much the beginning of the book um she some strange things keep are happening to her appearance she wakes up with like snake eyes like split pupiled eyes one day and and every day it's like some different animalistic trait and um instead of you know going to a doctor or or having really any answers her mind 
kind of just like disappears and says that she has to like go back and make some things right and that she'll come back with answers and um, kind of left this girl and her brother trying to find out answers for themselves because she wasn't the mom wasn't really around to help them. So um, I'm intrigued to find out what's happening with her and, and what's going on with the family. It seems like everything is not um, what it would seem uh, on first appearances. So um, it's a little slow starting so far, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, so besides reading, have either of you been watching anything interesting lately? I'm a sucker for like the Netflix like original series. So like they're super corny and like kind of staged and like, you know, classic like reality TV. But I just finished watching um, a Netflix original series called The Circle. Um, so I think it was season five. But so I've watched all the seasons um, pretty, pretty intensely. I, I sit down and I binge them for like hours at a time. Um, but like the basis of the series is like every contestant that comes on can choose like their player profiles so they can choose to play as themselves, like use their pictures, um, you know, their information, occupation, all that stuff, or they can go in as a catfish. Um, and they just go in and like try and, um, it's like all about social media and how, you know, things aren't as they seem. And, um, so they try to like win over popularity essentially. Um, and people like can vote each other off if they think that people are catfishing, and such. So, um, I just finished that up, but pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, you can binge watch it and it's like, I don't know, it's kind of addicting. It kind of sounds like big brother, but with this like added, yeah, like social media, like almost dating profile, like yeah, aspect of it. so. So like they can't, they don't meet each other. They can only like talk through like text message basically oh start group chat so they don't meet each other everyone's like in their own little apartment and they're like isolated for the duration of the show um and then if they get kicked off the show then they can send the players that are still in like a video of themselves to show if they're like the real person or if they were a catfish um but it's nice because you feel like you kind of like get to know the players and like some of the players that are catfishing are actually like really funny because it'll be like like on this season, there was like a dad that played like went in the circle as his daughter. So it was like some like 50 something year old man trying to be like a 16 year old girl. And obviously they're not good at it. So like, it's just, it's just funny, like the conversations that they get into um, as they're catfishing and they have to like pretend like they know what they're talking about. It's funny. Interesting concept. Yes. <laughs> what so about I you, think, Patrick? I think this show has been around for a while, but I had never watched it. It's called Barry. Um, which I'm in, in the middle of right now. I'm on season one still. I think it's three seasons, but um, Bill Hader, who's like an ex Saturday Night Live guy, um, is basically a ex military that um, gets out of the military and it becomes a hitman because it's all he knows what to do, essentially. And uh, he's very good at it, but he doesn't want to continue to do that. And he's kind of looking for you know what he wants to do in life. And he ends up going on a hit in LA. And um, finds this acting class, and, and now is is at least the part I'm on. I, I can't speak to too much of it, but is basically um, still caught up in the hitman stuff, but um, trying to get out of it and become an actor. So it's it's there's certainly some like sad, you know, he's he's grappling with with what to do with his life, but um, being an SNL guy, there's it's sort of this uh, dark humor um, to it as well. That's that's uh, pretty funny in, in some instances. So. 
Yeah. I've seen the previews for it before because, like you said, it's kind of been out for a while now. I've been yeah. intrigued but never actually watched it. But I think I, I probably should give it a try because I think Bill Hader is hilarious. Yeah. And I like I said, I'm probably six or seven episodes into it and I'm, I'm, I can't totally speak to it, but it's it's caught my attention and kind of held me. So recommend it. Um, so I don't really have some any new shows to talk about, but uh, over the weekend, I watched a movie uh, with my boyfriend. We watched The Sound of Metal, um, which is loosely based on this metal duo, but the two characters in the movie are fictitious characters. But there was this metal duo that would like travel around in a van all over um, America and like the the screenwriter, I guess, was inspired by them to write this story. Um, and so it's about this man named Ruben who plays drum in this duo band and uh, pretty quickly and cap- catastrophically loses his hearing. Like in the beginning of the movie, he goes and gets a hearing test and has like l- like 20-ish percent hearing left in both ears. And then it just like gets worse from there. Um, he also, at the started the movie had been like four years sober and so grappling with this massive change in his life in terms of losing his hearing but also kind of with addiction in general and and his uh girlfriend who is the other person in this band is really worried about him kind of going into like turning to substance abuse again because of such a change to his life so he ends up in this um program for people who are deaf and um, and addicts in, in recovery for addiction. Uh, and so it's all kind of him, him grappling with his new, like deaf slash hard of hearing identity and also grappling with that. Um, so it was really interesting and I appreciated that it didn't end at like this completely wrapped up place. Like, I think it ended in a really realistic way of like, it's like, yeah, now he's just going to have to continue his life with the choices he made during the course of the story. Um, so if if anyone has any interest in like ASL or deaf culture or music, I think they would enjoy and has tolerance for kind of an artsy movie because it was kind of slow moving, very character driven, not like the kind of like very plot driven blockbusters that you're used to. But uh, if you like that kind of film, I think that you would enjoy the sound of metal because it was really interesting look into a community that we don't always see on screen and we'll return to the show after a quick break users of cranston public library can now access their favorite digital magazines using flipster Flipster offers an easy browsable reading experience. Users can browse magazines by category as well as perform searches for specific titles. An online newsstand provides a carousel of most recent issues as well as a carousel of all issues, allowing for quick access to magazines. Go to cranstonlibrary.org and click the link online resources you can use now to find more information on how you can access Flipster. Flipster also has an app available on Android and iOS. Looking for a movie to watch? Canopy has over 30,000 feature films and documentaries for you to stream for free. Log in using your Cranston Library card and receive eight free play credits each month. That's eight movies every month that you can watch for free. 
you can watch the 2016 Academy Award-winning film Moonlight, Taika Waititi's horror comedy What We Do in the Shadows, and many more films today with Canopy. Go to cranstonlibrary.org to find the link to sign into Canopy today. All right, so I want us to have enough time to talk about Best Buddies. So let's start at the beginning. What is Best Buddies and what are the types of services that you guys offer to the community in Rhode Island? Or you want to run with it or you want me to, what do you feel like? Um, I was going to say, I feel like for this one, you would probably do a better job doing like an <laughs> overview because you see much more than I do. Um, and then I can kind of talk about like more Rhode Island specific stuff, I guess. Great. Cool. Uh, so Best Buddies is um, bottom line, uh, a nonprofit that focuses on inclusion uh, for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, basically to uh, give them every opportunity that someone without uh, an IDD might receive Um We do it in a bunch of different ways. Uh, One is our friendship program that Tori uh, works on. um, And that is basically starting in elementary schools. We have programs within the schools all the way up through college that sort of foster friendships among people with and without IDD. So at the elementary level, it's very um, sort of trying to break down any biases before they, they happen. Um, as we, as the students grow, um, it's more focused on one-to-one friendships. Um, ideally those continue on, um, when they get out of college, uh, as adults as well. But, um, that's our biggest program. Um, we also have programs that, um, train people, uh, with IDD for, um, job and life skills. So we call that a pre-employment training program. Um, that's typically from age like 16 to 22. Um, at 22, uh, we have a progr- uh, jobs program, so where we actually find uh, meaningful employment for people with um, with IDD that hopefully allows them to have a, a great career and an opportunity to you know be a part of society. And that. So that's the might have been the two minute overview, but I'll try to usually make it one minute. But <laughs> and so, Tori, is there anything kind of specific to Rhode Island that you want to highlight in terms of programming and services? Um, I mean, like Patrick said, our friendship program is, um, our largest program. Um, but overall, we're always trying to build a presence in Rhode Island. Um, I think over the years of, of COVID and beyond, um, we've lost a little bit of that. So trying to, to rebuild Rhode Island and just like our programs in general is always a goal. Um, but our Rhode Island schools are really great, the ones that we do have, um, and we're always trying to expand into new schools. Um, so like Patrick had mentioned, we have elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, some colleges, and then also private schools are thrown in there too. Um, they have a little bit of different programming depending on the population at their school. Um, so coming up in the spring, we have one of the local high schools throwing um uh, Best Buddies prom, uh, and they're inviting some other local high schools. So that should be really great. Um, and then we have our Rhode Island friendship walk, uh, which is a great community event, um, obviously for fundraising, but also just for, um, our Best Buddies chapters to be a part of, um, and kind of see the bigger picture of what we do, um, as well as just like getting people together, um, and opportunities for like all of our programs to kind of like, combine 
Um, so we're really looking forward to that. And how do you guys identify um, young people who might benefit from your Best Buddies program, as well as how do you get um, neurotypical young people to get involved and paired with um, these individuals? Um, so most of the time, like, so how it works is a school will either come to us or we'll do intentional outreach um, to start a chapter. So once a school has a chapter, um, depending on the age level, so, so let's say for a high school level, um, they'll have uh, students that want to step up and take leadership positions um, so that those students will be in charge of, you know, organizing events and meetings um, and chapter recruitment. Um, so we do like those those leaders and those officer teams in the, in the schools to be diverse. Um, so it's typically comprised of, you know, people with and without disabilities. So recruitment is really on their end. Um, and then we kind of go from there. Um, but that's just for the friendship program. Yeah, we'll, we'll get people that reach out to us um, sometimes. Luckily, we you know, over the 30 whatever years have built up a decent enough brand. So we, we definitely have people reach out to us. But we also, um, you know, one of my sort of goals is to be in every community that that could use us, you know, or benefit from us. So, um, you know, we also definitely, uh, I guess, target certain communities. Um, it does, you know, the, the success of it, you know, depends partially on the program managers like Thori and, and partially on, you know, a lot of these schools have great advisors that, you know, can really rally the students, uh, both with and without IDD to get involved. Um, so, yeah. So from what I'm hearing, it's really kind of led by the chapters, like who's involved and, and how these friendships are kind of created. Yeah, essentially. Um, and then it's just kind of like, I guess, like managed and um, like overseen by us. And one other aspect to it is is a, um, a leadership aspect. So um, these chapters are like, you know, other clubs in schools, they might they'll have a president, a vice president and all of that. But we Best Buddies has a curriculum um, that that sort of fosters that um, for those students that, that want to be in leadership um, to the point where we have a, a we actually have a conference at Indiana University every year where we bring um, for Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, we bring about 160 students um, and then Best Buddies uh, chapters in other states. All in all, we have about 2,500 students um, that come to Indiana every July for a, a leadership conference where um, yeah, it's focused on sort of growing that, that leadership aspect within our students. So, yes, we do. Um, we have local leadership training days as well. So we try to do those, um, a little bit in the fall when schools are just getting started up. Um, and then just last week we did like a back to best buddies event where we just kind of give like a refresher, um, on our resources and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, the leadership conference in Indiana is like my soapbox because, uh, I used to be a chapter leader. So when I was in high school and college, um, so I was very lucky, um, and got to go to actually four different leadership conferences, which a lot of people can't say. So I'm very, very thankful. Um, up into. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's like my soapbox. I love leadership conference. Um, it's like, it is, it is everything. Like it is, it's just amazing. And the students that attend that are a mixture of, of students with and without disabilities, correct? There's a pretty large range of people that can go to leadership conference. It's a lot of um, 
high school, college age, and then we have an ambassadors track. Um, and that's kind of like another branch of our programming. Uh, so like Best Buddies ambassadors are um, typically people with IDD, um, but it's open to anyone. Uh, and that's just kind of like another leadership opportunity um, to be able to speak on experience and um, kind of grow their their network and um, like their public speaking skills. Um, yeah. There's a lot of different opportunities for leadership conference, but there's a good, there's a great mix of people. We also do invite the advisors from the schools. So, and we have a specific track track for them um, to kind of then bring back to their schools and grow them. So if, if a parent or a loved one of someone with a developmental or intellectual disability came to your organization is like my individual child, I think would benefit from <laughs> you know, from a buddy from that type of program, do you guys point them to like the closest school chapter or do you, or does it really not, is that not the way that people find out about your organization typically? Um, I think it depends. I get a fair amount of inquiries just through my email of either schools or sometimes parents um, that are looking to get involved. Um, so typically in that sense, if they're, you know, child or whoever, if they're a caregiver or whatnot, um, is of, 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 is of school age. Um, we're able to connect them with the school chapter if they have one. If not, sometimes that's a great opportunity for us to open a chapter at a school. Um, otherwise, we can point them towards our citizens program, which is our uh, friendship program for those um, that don't fit into any of the school categories, including college. So anyone, I believe it's over 35, um, they'll go to our citizens program. It really depends. Um, there's lots of ways people find out about us, but I think most of the time it's through a school chapter. I don't know what you typically see, Patrick, but that's, I feel like, what I see. Yeah. Um, no, you said what I was going to say. Sometimes a parent will reach out, but we'll end up, if we don't already have a relationship with the school, um, we can start one. Uh, sometimes there's uh, the school may not have it, but we can, we've had uh, some students that, that are, we'll get them involved in, in a nearby school uh, in that chapter. So yeah, that that's a standard way. Uh, in uh, With some of our other programs, we, we get some referrals through um, the state government. Um, so sometimes a parent will come to us for a, a certain, say, the jobs program, and we'll say, okay, well, you know, if you have these state benefits, like go to the, go to your state um, agent and say, hey, I want to work with Best Buddies. So we'll sometimes get referrals through that as well. Um why we're still talking about kind of the buddy part of the program. Can you talk a little bit more about the citizens um, aspect of the program? Because this show, our main audience is adults. There's probably a lot of adults listening. Um, so I'm curious about that aspect of kind of a, adults making friends with other adults and, and that aspect of your program and how that works. Yeah. So the citizens program is our adult friendship program. Um, so with that, we're looking to make one-on-one -on -one connections with individuals. Um, so anyone that's interested in joining the Citizens Program, um, I believe the application is right on our website. Um, and we are always looking for participants both with and without um, IDD to join that. Um, so I can't, I'm not the direct program manager for Citizens, so I can't speak a ton on it. Um, so I don't know what you, what you have to add in there, Patrick, but... Um, yeah, it's essentially we try to, you know, map people close in, close in age, close in um, 
you know, geographical proximity to each other. Um, similar interests are always great. Um, but that is kind of outlined in the application. Um, it asks you like a whole bunch of questions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's breaks down to being pretty simple. We're just trying to create friendships and, you know, social opportunities for everyone. So, yeah. And we try to, I'd say, make it as, um, uh, not easy as possible, but almost like any of us that might, you know, maybe it's the library or, or go to a bar or whatever it is to, to meet friends. Like, so we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll put on events that just, you know, bring people together. They're involved in the program and, and if they sort of natural, that's the word I was looking for. If they kind of naturally connect, then great. Um, the one other aspect I'll throw in there and this kind of, uh, blew up during COVID was we have an e-buddies program, um, which is exactly what it sounds. So it's, it's a citizens program, but it's, but it's virtual. So it's like a pen pal. Yeah. You could be connected to somebody anywhere, you know, which, doesn't always replace the the uh, in-person meetings that we all kind of learned in the last couple of years. But, you know, in, in those instances when that's all you can have, uh, it was a great group. For sure. And it's, it's definitely a great option to have. I think one of the things that at least we learned um, as people who were also doing virtual programming during the, the real height of, of lockdown, um, there are pros and cons to both. And so it's great to be able to offer virtual options and offer in-person options now that we're in a place where it's a little bit safer to be in person. Right, right. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about the work readiness aspect of your services, because I think that's something that a lot of people are concerned about. They want their loved ones to be ready to go out in the workforce and thrive. Um, so could you talk a little bit about like what type of services related to that that you offer? Yeah, so um, we call it our pre-employment training program, or pre-EFs. Um, and basically, it's a curriculum that we uh, created um, here in Madison, Rhode Island. And we uh, have actually, on a Best Buddies side, have taken it national. So um, a lot of the other states and Best Buddies are now utilizing the curriculum we came up with here. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's... Uh, Kind of, I can't take much credit. It was one of uh, my employees that really worked on it, but um, she uh, did a great job. It's now spreading, which is awesome. Um, so what that is, is, is basically uh, we do it in high schools, um, 16 to 18, up to 22 age. Um, it really is a, a um, life skills training, job skills training, um, things like uh, mock interviews, um, resume writing, uh, public speaking, uh, advocating for yourself. Um, I was recently at a, a school um, uh, a school in Massachusetts, and they, they commuted into Boston. Um, so even just commuting, they, they came in and we walked around um, Converse, one of our partners here. Um, and Converse, you know, showed them, we, we went to the office and showed them different jobs that, that might, you know, spark their interest. And um, so things like that to sort of just prepare, um, you know, really, like, again, sort of any high schooler might start to think about what they want to do or majoring in college or um, so train and, um, and prepare people with IDD for, for a successful career. So it sounds like a lot of those soft skills that they'll need wherever their career path kind of takes them. Uh, correct. Yeah. A 
lot of that and then and then a portion that's sort of like introducing them to different opportunities and, and what what they might specifically want to do. Because sometimes it can be hard to choose just in general for everyone at, at, you know, at 18, 19 years old to be asked, like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Yeah, it's a big question. <laughs> yep. So is there anything else that either of you want our listeners to know about Best Buddies before we kind of head towards the end of the show? Uh, I always just say, you know, if anything we talked about sparks your interest, like we'd love to to hear from you. Um, Rhode Island at bestbuddies.org is the easiest way to, to find us. Um, we, um, you know, it's about sort of reaching our message to more and more people and, and um, hopefully this helps to do that. Uh, our, our boss, uh, Anthony Shriver, found, founded Best Buddies and, and he's still very much involved in running it. And he always has this, this um, quote that, that we're, we're here to put ourselves out of business. So every day, everything we do, um, you know, is to kind of get to that inclusive level where people with IDD have those same opportunities through, through school and life and friendships and all that stuff. So um, if you want to help us put ourselves out of business, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of, I know we're going towards wrapping up, but I just kind of thought of this. Um, do Does your organization do any kind of like advocacy, like in terms of like in the legislature or, or to change like laws and things like that around um, treatment of people with uh, IDD in the workforce or at schools or things like that? Um, we don't get into much of the legislative action. Um, however, we do support some of that stuff. So um, like a lot of the ARCs I know are involved in that um, and we support things there. Um, but our day to day, we, we sort of stay out of that stuff. Um, Guys are already doing a lot. <laughs> so that's totally fine. I just you said about putting yourself out of business made me think about like the systemic change that needs to happen in order yeah. for people to be on a right. level playing. We very field. much um we very much do um do support, you know, a lot of that stuff. Uh in fact I'm on my way to a, a meeting after this that uh is a group that um is very much supportive of the financial side of, of preparing people with IDD and they do a lot of advocacy. We support them, so I would like to share kind of a cool story, actually, though, that kind of has to do with that. Recently, we had a um, high school level uh, private school um, in Newport, Rhode Island, um, who had one of our ambassadors. They had a meeting with him and he was talking about the struggles of having sidewalks that are easily accessible. Um, And it really gave the students a different perspective about even just their local community and how it can be more accessible um, for those with um, more like a physical disability um, and how day to day they don't notice these things. Um, So it kind of gave them a good perspective and they all took it upon themselves to write letters um, to their local state house um, in order to start to get things changed as far as like sidewalk reconstruction. Um, So that was kind of, it's kind of like a local, um, Local-ish, I should say, Rhode Islanders. I don't know if they would call Newport local if they're listening from Cranston. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of like a cool, cool little story of, you know, just a small example of what some of our students are up to. Fantastic. And so if people don't have a specific inquiry but want to learn more generally about your organization, they can go to bestbuddies.org and find out information, correct? 
Yep. And that's where they can find info for like local events too. Like I mentioned the friendship walk um, for Rhode Island and all that good stuff. So they can kind of find more information about that. Fantastic. And that link will be in the show notes. Um, So we wrap up the show with a segment I call the last chapter where we like to talk about a library or bookish related question just to wrap up the show. Um, So I thought I would ask you both. We talked a lot in the beginning of the show about what we were reading and consuming. Um, But now I want to ask you, where is your favorite place to do that? Do you have a a specific chair in your house? Are you like me? Do you read in bed? Uh, Where do you like to consume your book slash media? I'm a bed reader as well. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm comfortable in a lot of different areas, but my go-to spot, I have um, like a three-season porch. Um, and I have like some rocking chairs out there. So it's like kind of like my cool little like hangout spot. You get like a nice breeze. So that sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt kind of like a grandma saying that. I'm like, oh yeah, my porch with my rocking chairs, but <laughs> it's a nice spot. I enjoy a lot of things that grandmas also enjoy. Yes. So there's no judgment here. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've talked about this question before. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a big bed reader. I was actually talking to some people on the award committee that I'm on. Uh, I read for the Rhode Island Teen Book Award Committee, which longtime listeners of the show know because I talk about the books I'm reading for the committee all the time. Um, and we were having a conversation because there was like this really chunky graphic novel that we're looking at for our long list and someone was like it's just so hard to hold and read and so we were talking about it and I was like I have like a tablet pillow and I was like and that has changed my like reading big chunky book game in bed because it's like a triangle so that's my tip of the day is a tablet pillow also can double as a place to put your book because it's a nice triangle shaped pillow. Good to know. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> um, all right. So thank you both for joining us and thank you everyone for listening. If you would like to answer our last chapter question or suggest a last chapter question of your own, you can email us at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. You can also reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimecpl. And if you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Nomi Haig, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime. You did it. You made a podcast. (laughs) Woo.